Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Bull Take Podcast, NFL edition. You already know the man across from me, Austin Hill. Um, we're not going to talk about his team for just a second. Uh, I can't really say much about my team either, but this is an NFL episode. But you know what? Hold on. I can't even just get through this. If you haven't already, go and listen to what me and Austin agree is our best episode so far the football season for NFL or college. I mean, we recap what was a really good weekend that we were both wrong about and an insane slate this week. I think it's honestly the best slate maybe ever in, yeah. in college football I, history. It's certainly been the best one since we've really started to focus week by week on college football and really kind of lock in uh, here on the podcast. So I'm very, very excited to see what happens. I mean, it was must. It's, it's a must listen. There was a lot of energy in the episode Absolutely. as well. Inject it straight into my veins. Yeah. Um, so you might want to turn the volume down a little bit, but give it a listen. We do get loud. Yeah. I don't know. Not, if it'll, not as loud as March not Madness. Buzzer, not March Madness buzzer beater loud. <laughs> no, but Furman. we do get loud. Shout out Furman. You can never forget Furman on this podcast no, ever. You'll never forget Sam Darnold's name. <laughs> you'll never forget Sam Darnold's name. Uh, but nonetheless, we're getting to some NFL. And really, a week two full of interesting topics. And before we start any of that, we're going to discuss our biggest winners and losers of the week. Austin? Who would you say, of all 32 teams and some of them's really good performances, would you say is the biggest winner of this week? Man, there were some absolutely great performances this week. Obviously, the Eagles looked really good at points. Um, But when I'm kind of looking at a team, I'm going to go ahead and say a moderately controversial one. Um, But I'm going to go with... The Giants, and I know they didn't play a super great game, but I think this was about getting your confidence back in check. I mean, they got routed to open up the season, 40 to nothing. They looked bad to start that game against the Cardinals. It was not a great game, but they come back, they get a nail-biter victory, and they gear themselves up for a Thursday night game that we'll see what happens. I was about to say, for this, this was coming out the day after, uh, so that tells you how we think the Thursday night game is going to go with no Saquon, no Andrew Thomas, which means the Giants probably won this game, and we're just yeah, we're talking all kinds but of crap I think this them. was still a big win to get yourself back on track, even though it's against a bad team. They've kind of maybe, hopefully, found themselves and can maybe put up a fight tonight. Ah, uh, man. Hopefully, I hope you're right because, I mean – while I'm studying for a test, I'd like a good game in the background. Yeah. Um, my biggest winner, I actually really like the Atlanta Falcons this week. And my main thinking with that one is they they were down double digits in the fourth quarter. Green Bay, really, for the most part of that game, was in control. Jordan Love looked great. But the Falcons got together in that fourth quarter, made some big stops on defense, got the offense. And Arthur Smith, I mean... That man was aggressive on some fourth downs. Yeah. Some would say a little bit too aggressive and me on the screen begging him to stop because uh, I just, I just want him to not look like an idiot on TV. But, you know, that shows why he's an NFL head coach and I'm sitting here doing a podcast. Absolutely. So uh, really big win for them. 2-0 star for the Falcons. But now there was a lot of there was a lot of bad stuff this weekend, too. Let's just get that out of the way. Who's your yeah. biggest loser of the weekend? Um, I'm going to be point blank honest i think it was the cleveland browns um they lost a very bad football game um, i can't agree more <laughs> and they lost their best player um you know prayers out to nick chubb hopefully he'll be able to bounce back from this injury but 
It was a bad one. They've lost him for the season. They bring back Kareem Hunt, a guy who knows the offense, so that'll help them out a bit. Um, but I, I just think a lot of big losses this weekend for the Browns. So I know there's an obvious one that people want me to say, but we're saving that for a segment later on, so I'm not even going to mention it. Uh, but mine's the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, this is a team that honestly should be 2-0. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. If they had any clutch gene in their body, they'd be a 2-0 football team. And credit to Tennessee. Credit to Tennessee. They got a good win against them. But you're looking at this Charger team 0-2 after what happened at the end of last year. You know, you wonder... You wonder how much longer, especially with them playing an 0-2 Vikings team, you lose that game, you wonder how much longer Brandon Staley might be around. Yeah, it, it seems like his over-aggressive style is just kind of the thing that's killing this team. Um, and, you know, teams are moving to being more aggressive on fourth downs and with their decision-making, but it, it seems like he takes it too far every single time in a way that has really cost this team in some big games. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I think he's a good coach, but maybe this just isn't it for him. Hopefully they get a bounce back and we don't have to worry about it. Oh, I hope so. You know, but I mean, at the same time, you know, let's just let Justin Herbert, let's free him from the clutches of the Chargers organization. But we're going to get into some topics now. And topic number one, I mean, you knew it was coming. This man across me, I do respect him. Y'all can't see it. He has the full Bears fit on. I have mad respect for that Bears shirt. He's even got the Bears slides on. I yeah. mean, I mean, I respect it, but the Bears have been a topic. Owen two start to the season. Some would say, you know, have questions about Justin Fields. Is he the guy? Uh, the report that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers said they ran three the same play three times in a row and failed each time. Uh, the mic'd up moment where they, I think it was Devin White or Levant, no Levante Dave. One of them said that told DJ Moore they haven't been using you right. He's like, tell me about it, and then you add in. All the drama with the defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, um, who resigned this week, signing a need to address health. And then there are reports. Uh, there have been people were saying them false. Uh, I won't say what, but there's certain stuff going on off the field. I'm not going to go into detail on it, but they people don't know what to believe. And then there's reports of Justin Fields questioning, you know, his coach and credit to him and credit to the media. Um, they all he came back and said that is not what I meant at all by it. Uh, talking about his offense coordinator, so there's a lot of questions about the Bears, Austin, this week. Uh, just man, I mean, there, there's a lot for just week two of the season, man. Yeah, I think people want to blow it out of proportion a little bit more than it is, though. Um, I'm not worried. Um, this Bears team is going to be all right. Um, there have been much worse teams in the NFL. Um, there have been teams that have never won a game in a season. There are teams worse in the NFL right now. Yeah, I'm just really not worried about any of this stuff. Um, let's start with the obvious, Justin Fields. Dude is the guy. He's five for six on passes of 20-plus yards this season. If you're if you're completing at that high of a clip, two of them have been touchdowns, by the way. If you're completing at that high of a clip from 20-plus yards, why have you only thrown six? That is a coaching problem. I know we backed out of it, and you know he went back to the media, and I respect him for that, trying not to make it a big deal. But he was absolutely right. This is an offensive coordinator issue. DJ Moore not being utilized whatsoever. I rather would have just drafted somebody with the number one pick if DJ Moore – I mean – it, it, we're playing DJ. We're using DJ Moore just about as much as we did if we had just taken somebody with the number one pick. I, I just don't. I truly don't understand uh, what Luke gets. He's thinking 
He's uh, insane. He he really is insane. Um, Justin Fields, uh, again, it's just mind-boggling. Gears up to lead a a two-minute drill, down seven uh, against Tampa Bay, and throws up pick six on a screen pass. Why on God's green earth on the two-yard line are you running a screen pass? I don't know. I would have thrown an interception there. You've got no blocking because it's a screen pass, and you've got a whole defensive line running at you, and you can't take a safety. It's the end of the game. You can't take a safety. So what does he do? Throw the ball to his running back, who's obviously covered because all we've run all game and all we ran last week was screen passes, and it's a pick six. It's embarrassing from Luke Getze. The guy was supposed to be this quarterback guru, Aaron Rodgers' favorite coach, and the dude is just not making the right play calls right now. I think he can be a great coach. I haven't given up on this team or these players, um, but it, it's it starts it starts with the play calling. Give this man a chance to use his weapons. Let him turn it loose, and if not, let him turn it loose. Let him run. He's only had five this season. Five designed QB runs. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, considering last year, what was the fun of watching the Bears was him running the ball. Um, if you think he's a running back, that's fine. Let's use him like a running back if you're not going to use him as a quarterback. Uh, he's really embarrassed himself. I'm not going to touch on anything about defensive coordinator Alan Williams because you. there's too much going on. There's too much unknown right now. Um, so I won't say anything um, except for he hasn't coached the defense very well. Um, he should have been fired for that. Um, so, you know, not to make jokes of a situation that could be potentially serious. Obviously, the detail's not known. But he's been a bad coach. It's not going to be something that is in, incredibly missed. He, he's got a lot of talent on the, defensive, uh, in, uh, on the defensive side right now. Defensive tackle is a massive weakness for us, though. I'm hoping this team puts it together. I want this team to go to the playoffs. I want this team to be great. But more importantly, I want this team to figure it out, and I want this team to get ju- give Justin Fields a chance because uh, right now I'm scared they're just looking to give up on him. You know, I think every single fan in Chicago, or if there's anyone that's a Bears fan that are listening, you probably said everything I think that they're feeling right now. Um, I'll just, I'm, I'm absolutely with you on the Allen Williams stuff. There's just so much that we don't know if it's 100% true. Just need to be brought up about it and didn't need to be brought up again. Um, yeah. Absolutely with you. They need to use Justin Fields running the ball more. I mean, I literally posted last year on the I was like, I cannot wait to watch Justin Fields play because they used him running the football and he was so much fun to watch. Like, I don't think, I mean, no disrespect to the Bears record last year, but I don't think I've had much fun watching, more fun watching a team that had the number one pick in the draft the next year than I did the Bears last year. I mean, they, they played, they had so many one score games that they lost. And it's like, why aren't we coaching the games like that? I mean, why are we not calling the games like that? We had a worse defense and a worse offense, worse skill position players, and we were in so many one-score games with good teams. And now we're just, I don't know, we're tightening the leash on Justin Fields when it should be getting loosened. We should be turning this guy loose. And the defense has gotten better, and it's playing worse. Uh, Things have got to be adjusted with this team. But it's two weeks into the season. The Bengals started 0-2 last year, uh, and they made the playoffs. I'm not looking for a Super Bowl win. It'd be nice. I'm not looking for a playoff berth. I'm looking for progress forward and to let the best player on the team and one of the best players in the league be himself. Let Turn this man loose and let him show what he can do. Man, 
I mean, you couldn't say it any better. And speaking of 0-2, that transitioned us into our next segment. Very well done there. I give you credit. Um, we're going to discuss two weeks in. There's a lot, there's a lot of 2-0 and teams, a lot of 0-2, and, and we're not going to go over every single one. We'll be here for a while if we do that. But we're going to go over some of the notable 2-0, and 0-2 teams, and we're going to start in the NFC where – you know, it's crazy to believe there are seven undefeated team, undefeated teams still in the NFC. Wow. And the NFC East, you know, 2-0, you got the Eagles. Everyone expected that. 2-0, the Cowboys, people expected that. But the third 2-0 team in the NFC East, the Washington Commanders. Now, I know what you're going to say, you know, was the fact, well, number one, they played the Cardinals and the Broncos. This is a team, we entered the season with Sam Howe being the starter, and we had no expectations of what they could be. But here they are, a 2-0 star, and that offense, you know, dare I say it, it, it's after we last week against a pretty good Denver team, it looks kind of legit. Yeah, Sam Howell has looked really good. This is the flashes that he showed in college. It, I, I really think maybe that year uh, not being the starter maybe had helped him a lot. Uh, but he looks really comfortable in this uh, system, uh, you know, and, you know, puts a little bit more confidence in what Ron Rivera was saying last year about I should have been playing this guy a long time ago as we came into this season. And if that's the confidence your coach has in you, well done, Sam Howell. But I think Brian Robinson's been an incredibly underrated story for this team. Uh, you know, he had uh, good flashes last year after finally being reactivated and being able to play. Um, and he has really started the season. Hot. And I know that I've got him on some fantasy teams. Same, same. First half last week, I was thinking, man, Brian Robinson, I'm not giving up on you yet, but tough week. And in the second half, he came out two big touchdowns. He's looked absolutely exciting, and he is really stealing that starting back position. Absolutely. And and the big thing I think there's any questions is about the defense, which I, I know you're playing the Broncos and Sean Payton and all them, but they're still not that far away from being an elite defense too. Keep in mind where they were in 2020 and that defense carried them to almost having winning records these past couple of years, you know, and you know, it, I hope it's not like last year, like in 2021 where I picked the Bengals head coach to be fired first. I picked Ron Rivera to get fired first. Yeah. He's off to a two and O start. So, um, you know, I'll take Super Bowl bounce. <laughs> Question mark, maybe? Um, but no, they play the Bills this weekend. I'm actually excited. I think that could be a really fun game for both sides, and they might have a chance to be a legit 3-0. and um, The last team, Giants 1-1, we've already covered them. Uh, NFC, we've already – NFC North, we've talked about the Bears enough. We'll talk about the Vikings 0-2, and I think, you know, you really – this comes down to last year, 11-1, one-score games, and this year – or no, no, I think they were undefeated. Or they lost one game in one score. They were really good in one score games yeah. last year. Two losses to start the season, both one score games. Um, I mean, it just it tells you how much this team can, how close this team is to being great. But at the same time, how close they are to just everything falling apart. Yeah, and I mean, every week that we go through the season, it feels like what I said last week um, gets kind of, you know. Uh, uh, underlined and really becomes more emphatic. Um, but, you know, I said it. This team was so close, won a lot of one-score game, uh, one score games, um, kept themselves in games constantly and made the playoffs where they got blown out. And, you know, they needed a little bit more consistency. They needed to add some pieces to make a difference. And it really has – it really felt like this offseason, 
if anything, they lost pieces. They lost a lot of guys, and they didn't get better, and we're just seeing that in these first two weeks. They haven't gotten better. They've gotten worse. They can't even win those one-score games that they were so excellent in last year. Yeah, and you wonder if Dalvin Cook, for both sides, for the Vikings and him, they're missing him. But keep in mind, yesterday, Vikings made a trade with the Rams to get Cam Akers to come over. I think they swapped six-round picks or something. Uh how do you think Cam Akers can improve this Vikings? I think he has potential to help this offense out. No disrespect to Alexander Madison, which, by the way, you people on the internet that were sending him direct messages, yeah. don't don't even with me. Um, but Cam Akers, how do you think he can fit in with this Vikings offense? Um, you know, Alexander Madison did not deserve what he received after that week one performance, but um, I never really thought he was that guy. I never really thought he was starting back caliber guy. Um, and I didn't think that the decision to cut Dalvin Cook and to promote him to the starting back was going to help this team, and it certainly hasn't through these first two weeks. Um, Cam Akers is a guy who's shown that when he's trusted with the ball, he can excel. Um, you know, and the Rams, uh, you know, near the end of this tenure that he's had, started to take the ball out of his hands more, started to go to different running backs. He looked to throw the ball more after they got Matt Stafford, and so we haven't seen the same kind of Cam Akers, but. Let's remember that this team really relied on him heavily when he first got there, and he performed very, very well. I think this is a guy that with the right system and the right blocking, he's a guy that can be explosive. He's an exciting player. He's still young. I think this is a good move for this team to try and rejuvenate this team early in the season because, again, this is really kind of a last hurrah in a sense because Kirk Cousins is probably not coming back next year. But there's no trading out of this contract. It's just so bad. Um, and so you make one more heave at the postseason before potentially having to scrounge for a new quarterback. Um, and so this is the right move to make early in the season to try and get things back on track and keep those playoff hopes alive. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. But also I will say about Kirk Cousins, yes, that contract's terrible to trade him out of. He has not been the problem at all these first two weeks. No, he's not entirely the problem. Turnovers are a bit but it, there are a lot of other problems on defensive side of the ball, especially. Absolutely. Like I said, the Cam Akers deal, I think it can work out if they use him the right way. I think that's got to be the key. And then to the NFC South, the three 2-0 teams in this one. We we both expected the Saints to be pretty good. We kind of saw it from the Falcons. We thought they had a chance to be 2-0. But really, we got to talk about the res resurgence of one man. That's Baker Mayfield. In Tampa Bay, a 2-0 start, and they'll have a chance to make it 3-0 on Monday Night Football this week against a 2-0 Philadelphia Eagles team. So really, I mean, the spotlight's on Tampa Bay and on Baker. Can he actually take it more into the season? What were we saying on this podcast when they gave up on Baker Mayfield? I mean, I, I mean I've said it. I will go to my grave and say it, that if he hadn't tried to play through an injury, he – would still be the Browns starting QB, and they would have had to pay $222 million less for a starting QB. Yeah, it's crazy to think, but uh, the guy wasn't bad, and it's crazy that Odo Beckham Jr.'s father basically lost this man his job. Um, that's insane, and, you know, that's why in Wee Sports you don't listen to – the coaches don't listen to the parents because they don't know what they're talking about. That translates to the NFL, like, to an extreme <laughs> level. Um, I can't believe a highlight reel of Odo Beckham Jr. running routes and not getting the ball posted on his father's Instagram was like 
oh, he's bad. No, that's it. I give up on him. Yeah, that's because Odo Beckham Jr. was also not very good with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, people I, forget how bad that yeah, whole tenure was. That, that was just a bad put together. Um, Baker Mayfield really carried that team, um, and the fan base turned on him. Uh, that's the thing I hate is he got this team out of a, a rut and they looked good. I believe took him to a postseason berth. No, don't remind me of that 2020 Steeler playoff and game. Don't you dare remind me of that. that. And so he <laughs> takes this team, and then as soon as he starts to struggle because he's hurt, let's add because he's hurt, people start to say he's not the guy. It's not his job anymore. We need to get somebody else. And that will go down as one of the biggest mistakes in NFL history. I don't think he's going to end up being this all-time great, five-time MVP guy. But look at it. They signed one of the richest deals, the first fully guaranteed deal in NFL history. And it has backfired so poorly. Deshaun Watson is playing so bad. I wouldn't be surprised if this team tries to find a way to get out of it this offseason. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, uh I'm really impressed. This is a Tampa team that still has a ton of talent, has won the division, and a solid defense. And, you know, we're saying, you know, in the offseason, you know, look to blow it up maybe. But they said, no, we're going to keep it together. We're going to let Baker play, and we're going to see if this team can be successful with someone else besides Tom Brady at QB. And so far through two games, they have been a successful team overall. And, you know, I hate to say it for them, though, with not being able to sign Mike Evans and him potentially being a free agent this offseason, he's going to get a lot of money. Pay that man. He is the only player in NFL history to start his career with seven consecutive 2,000-yard receiving seasons, and he's on pace to do it again. Uh, he he is really one of the most impressive talents in football. Yeah, he really is, and hopefully Tampa can continue that against Philadelphia. Uh, like I said, one of the more surprising yet big-time matchups we're going to see. Um, really surprising. So then... We're going to move to the NFC. We have the 49ers. Let's just face it. No one's surprised by that start at 2-0 for them. So that covers it. Meanwhile, to the AFC, we got this tells you how competitive this league is, uh, this AFC, East, AFC is. Two undefeated teams in the entire AFC, Austin. Two of them. And one of them, the Miami Dolphins, uh, us, two of stands. Yep. Yep. Uh, we knew this was coming. Two of Central. Yep. You know, expect us. Two and on. Expect us. Uh, but... We'll talk about one uh, team in the AFC East that's 0-2. That's the New England Patriots. And I and I will say, they're not a bad 0-2 team. No. They're not bad. They're a better team. They've been right there. Yeah, but they're just so, so close. What do you think needs to happen maybe this season to have any chance of competing with the Bills or the Dolphins? What is there anything they can do? Oh, man. I, I just think the big thing for this team is consistency. Uh, they just... They've started games poorly, especially you look at that week one game. Um, if they weren't having to make such Herculean efforts to get back into games, I think they'd stand a much better chance. It's just going to be about getting everybody more comfortable. I think the adjustments are still being made as far as, you know, Mac looks better in this offense, but he's still getting comfortable with everything. And I think as the season goes on and he gets more comfortable, this team stands a much better chance of winning some games when he's not having to think and process everything so much when it comes to be almost second nature. I mean, let's just say it. it's amazing having an actual offensive coordinator call plays instead of Matt frickin' Patricia and Joe Judge. Yeah. Even as a Patriot hater, I was saying this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I it, mean, it made no sense. It made zero sense, and Bill Belichick quickly realized it. But next up, the AFC North, where, I mean, we had this conversation. It feels like deja vu last year with the Bengals. Started 0-2, made a great run, 
Now 0-2. However, another factor's playing into it. Not bad on anything. It's really been Joe Burrow that's struggling, dealing with that injury to his calf. Uh, my main question for you is, is this the same type of Bengals team from last year that went 0-2 and can make another playoff run? Uh, I think, you know, this is a good team, but I'm starting to worry about the playoff run. And it's not Joe Burrow that I'm worried about. This defense, the secondary got ripped apart this offseason, and I don't think they fully recovered. You've got a lot of younger guys and new guys to the system playing, and, you know, I certainly would love to see those guys kind of snap into it and get more comfortable. But you start to wonder if they can, or at least if they're going to be able to this season. Um, I'm not worried about Joe Burrow. He's a talented quarterback, and he's a guy that's going to catch stride eventually. It's the defense that I'm starting to worry about for the Bengals. Yeah. Um, let me just say it. Not paying Jesse Bates for the last two to three years hurt you. The Falcons are enjoying him tremendously yeah. right now. I think he already has like two interceptions through the first two weeks, and they were both in week one. So, I mean, yeah, that secondary is hurting. I'm with you. They just, to me, the big thing – they need to do is get Joe Burrow 100% healthy. And Jamar Chase said in the preseason that Joe can sit out the first couple weeks, get 100% healthy, and then we can come out because they know they're capable of making a playoff run after an 0-2 start. So, And you wonder now, they're playing the Rams on Monday night who are a lot better than of a team that we thought they were. I mean, there's a real possibility Joe Burrow might not play in this game, and you're looking at an 0-3 start for the Bengals, and, and it really would be shocking uh, let's say they lose this game to the Rams this Monday night. How much do you think that changes maybe things for Zach Taylor and his potential future? Um, I think, you know, it starts to kind of raise some alarms here. Um, you know, he takes you to a Super Bowl, but then a disappointing performance in last year's playoffs. Um, but I don't think you fully give up on the guy. But the seat might start getting a little warmer if this team doesn't at least make the playoffs. Yeah, and... Absolutely. I'm right there with you. And the 2-0 team, the Baltimore Ravens, um, not surprised by this one. Ravens are a really good football team. Um, the biggest surprise really to me is that Lamar has kind of struggled to start the season and the team still looks good. Yeah, that's and that's the big thing with Ray. And that's even with all the injuries that they've had as well. I mean, still no J.K. Dobbins out for the year. Ronnie Stanley still injured some. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with This shows how much talent this team has and it's what I've said for the past few years that this is a Super Bowl championship contender team. They just kind of keep this team healthy enough to be able to compete in the postseason. That's the only thing. And the last uh, 0-2 AFC South, there really hasn't been a lot there. It's really been a lot of even Texans are 0-2, but they're really CJ Stroud has been good. I wouldn't say it's anything to worry about. Um, Jacksonville though, I will say I'm one and one leading it. Their offense kind of has me worried. Yeah. That, that's the main thing I would say from that one. Yeah, uh, kind of concerning play. Um, and it just seems like the wide receivers that were so good last year don't seem to be having the same kind of effect. Christian Kirk is a guy that, you know, was a big impact guy. And, you know, the questions about the money, it's almost like since he doesn't have that attention, he's like, well, I'll just go back to being average. Yeah. And then lastly, the AFC West, there are two 0-2 teams. The Chargers, we kind of hinted at them some already, so we won't go into super detail about them. Um, Broncos 0-2, but you know, 
you know, it's weird to say this is actually an improved Broncos team from last year. I will say that. Yeah, they look a lot better. Certainly, you can't look at coaching and be like, that's why they're 0-2. Maybe some questionable decisions last season that led to a rough start. Uh, Maybe, can we get a timeout here, E? Yeah, Um, I think we need a timeout, E. What you saying? Yeah, let's talk about this. (laughs) uh, But uh, I think that, you know, again, uh, we're seeing a lot of teams struggle with new coaches. I think that's just coming with learning the new terrain uh, and learning the new offense. I But these teams look improved. They look better. Um, I, I really think that the Broncos will start to find uh, some stride here in the coming weeks. Well, I hope so. And they play Miami this weekend, so Maybe they, not better, this week. they, they better be ready. And that's it for the 0-2 talk. One last thing before we get into our game picks. Trayvon Diggs was reported today. One-on-one drill, non-contact injury. I mean, that just signals it right there. Yeah. One of the best corners in the NFL, at least interceptions-wise. Torn ACL, out for the year on what was one of the best defenses in the NFL in Dallas, behind the Steelers. But nonetheless, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, how much of a loss is this for this Cowboys defense? They'll still have Micah Parsons, and they were able to get Stephon Gilmore in the offseason, but no Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, that really hurts. So they were obviously relying on him to be that cornerback number one. And what I'll be interested to see is can Stephon Gilmore kind of step back up into that best defensive player in the league uh, skill set that you know he had um, for a long time. And when he was in New in New England, winning Super Bowls, it seems like you know maybe age is catching up with him. While he's still a very very good corner, not that I mean there were legitimate arguments for him to be the defensive player of the year for a couple. Oh, of Oh yeah. Hit the thing 2017 with the Patriots. I thought he should have won defensive yeah, player. Of the I'm year. completely with you. So, um, I think this is a guy that looks super that, you know, is going to be relied on to step up in a big way and kind of carry and lead this secondary. Um, but they're certainly going to be missing a guy like Trayvon Diggs, who isn't necessarily the best coverage guy, but he's got a lot of good speed, can keep up with guys. And like you said, got some of the best hands on corners in the league. Yeah. Uh, so now we are going to get into game picks. Um, some interesting games. I'm just going to be honest with you. I was talking with Austin. 12 o'clock slate looks pretty interesting. A lot of fun games there. The afternoon slate. Oh my gosh. This is one of the worst afternoon slates I've ever yeah. seen. And no disrespect to your bears who are in it, but this is just, this is a bad slate. I, yeah, I'm fear that I'm going to struggle watching this Bears game. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. We're not going to pick it on here. I won't Good. make you go through that, Good. but uh, no, we're going to get some Bears. other ones. So <laughs> we're going to start with the 12 o'clock uh, window and an interesting NFC battle, the Falcons and the Lions, two teams that feel are up and comers in the NFC and they're trying to prove a point. Falcons looking to go 3-0. and Lions, after a heartbreaking loss to the Seahawks in overtime last week, trying to bounce back and get above 500. It's at Ford Field. I mean, this is going to be a fun one. How do you see it playing out? Boy, oh boy. These are two of the grittiest run (laughs) teams in football. It'll be awesome to see these two teams square off. But I really like the momentum that the Falcons have, and I think they're going to come out, and I'm going to give them the nod in this one. They've looked really good. Um, uh, You know, I was surprised to see them thinking about, you know, Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson, but those two guys have worked really good together as a one-two punch. Um, and when you have two really powerful running backs that you can just interchange like that, boy, oh boy, a run offense gets so hard to stop. All right. Uh, first disagreement of the day is here. Uh, I really want to pick Atlanta, and I know what I'm telling myself, that you know Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is out for the Lions at least the next four games. That hurts their secondary. Jesse Bates 
way better in secondary. But something tells me just after losing last week, Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, and them are not going to lose two home games in a row. That's just my gut feeling there. I'll give it to the Lions in this one. I think it's going to be – it has potential to be the best game of the day maybe. For sure. Next up, we got the Saints and the Packers 12 o'clock slate. Saints are 2-0, and but I'm going to be honest with you, it really hasn't been an impressive 2-0 and star for them. I really haven't looked great offensively in games, and the Packers are really a team that they don't blow that lead. They're a 2-0 team as well. So these are two pretty balanced teams trying to fight, like I said, with the other two to make some noise in the NFC. I mean, it's at Lambeau. So do you, how do you see this one going out? Yeah, um, I thought Derek Carr really looked like he settled in at the end of that week one game. And he made a couple questionable throws against, Car- uh, against Carolina in week two. Um, but he looks a lot more comfortable. And Michael Thomas really looked like he was getting back in stride, in my opinion, against Carolina this past week. Had that really big catch in the red zone um, that helped set up a Saints score. Um, so, I, you know, I think he's going to be an obvious contributor. Um, and the Packers defense, boy, the Packers in general let themselves down last week. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a game they should have won. They had one handily, and they dropped it. They really dropped the ball on that one. Um, you can't hang your head. You got to try and bounce back. But with that, I think the Saints are starting to catch stride on offense. That defense is always going to be good, as we know. Uh, I like the Saints in this game. Uh, I think they're going to win by double digits. Oh, wow. Double digits. Um, disagreeing two in a row to start. Uh, I actually like Green Bay to win this wow. game. Uh, my thinking here is these are two really good defenses. They're going to go back and forth the whole game. Two quarterbacks, you know, Derek Carr's the advantage there. But I look at the run game, and Jamal Williams is out with an injury, so he's probably not playing. Alvin Kamara still suspended. But the Packers run game with Aaron Jones, hopefully he's fully healthy and after missing last week. And then A.J. Dillon can come in and help. I think their run game can be the difference here at home. So I'm going to go Packers. All right. This one is just going to be a real quick, fun one, just because I think it's interesting. Uh, it's a battle of the 0-2s. Who's okay. going to be the 0-3? The 0-2 Chargers, 0-2 Vikings. You know, one of these teams is going to be the best 0-3 team in the NFL. So who who's the one that starts 0-3, Austin? Uh, the Vikings are going to start 0-3. I think the Chargers are a better team. Um, the defenses have been big questions for both of these teams. And if you're coming to a, a shootout, I'm, I'm taking the more aggressive, uh, pass-heavy team in a shootout. So give me uh, uh, give me the Chargers here. I'm going to say Carolina. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I really – I'm not going to lie. It's not my bad of the week, but I really almost took the over in this game as my bad of the week. It was it was very close. It was, it was close. But I'm with you on this one, actually. Um, I think the Chargers offense will get it together here. And I just think – I think it's a one-score game. It's just another one-score game Minnesota loses. Yeah. So I won't say any really from the afternoon slate. We're going to have one more here in the 12 o'clock, and then we're going to one Monday nighter. But this afternoon slate, I just have to say it because it's just – it's bad. 305, Panthers and Seahawks. That's actually – would be a good one with Bryce Young, except he's not expected to play. And Andy Andy Dalton, Dalton, the red rifle, is expected to play. So, I mean, then Cowboys and Cardinals at 325. This is a game the Cowboys should win by a lot, so therefore they'll probably lose. They'll probably lose it, and then I'll be shut up about it. And then the last one, Bears and Chiefs on Fox as well. I mentioned with Austin, um, you know, and again similar to the Cowboy one, the Bears have had just such an awful week 
that it makes no sense for them to be in the game, which is why they're probably going to somehow be in this game. Maybe we'll just turn it loose against a weak, young secondary. Maybe. But our last Sunday pick, uh, we got Bills and Commanders. This is at Washington. There's going to be a sold-out crowd. Fans are excited now that the terrible man that Dan Snyder is out of the organization. Uh, Josh Allen and the Bills had a great bounce back last week. Like we said, Commanders trying to get off to a surprising 3-0 start. Uh, how do you see this going down in Washington? Um, I like the Commanders in this one. I'm going to shock everybody with this one. You're um, going against your Super Bowl pick? Yes. Um, <laughs> Josh Allen uh, had a better week in week two, but I think that this uh, defensive line, Getting Chase Young back is a massive boost. And even though he's kind of on a pitch count, uh, as they say, um, I think he's still effective, going to be on the line with a lot of other great defensive linemen. I think they put some pressure on Josh Allen and forced him to make some mistakes that he's been unfortunately prone to making at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And a big thing for me still uh, defensively looking at, Vaughn Miller is still out. He's on. He won't be able to return till week five. I'm right there with you. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I think the commander's going to go 3-0. Who would have guessed that? Uh, and one last pick, Monday Night Football. Again, two weeks ago, I wouldn't think we'd be making this pick, but here we are. Matchup of the unbeatens, 2-0 and Eagles, 2-0 and Buccaneers in Tampa on ABC. Uh, you know, hopefully it can't be as bad as the two Monday Night games from last week, which, by the way, back-to-back weeks with double headers. Why? Yeah, I didn't understand that. I got it maybe last week, you know, Monday Night Football was coming. Here we go, fun, but... I mean, two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. Spread them out. Spread it out. People are going to get repetitive of it. Um, but Eagles, Buccaneers, which one's going three and zero? Austin, uh, I, I got to go the Eagles here. They're just uh, uh, the better team. This is going to be a really really good game with how comfortable Baker's gotten in this offense. But uh, I, I really really like the way the Eagles have looked to start the season. Man, this is really tough for me. I really want to pick Tampa Bay, but. I can't do it. I'm going to go with the Eagles in this one. I think it's a really close. I actually think it's a real low-scoring game, too. Yeah, good defense. So uh, I'm going to give a slight edge to the Eagles in it, but, I mean, it would not surprise me if Baker Mayfield and company came out on top. But now it's time for everyone's favorite segment, unless you bet with us last week. Uh, If you did, uh, I'm sorry, NFL and college football. I mean, we we, we were bad last week, both of us. That's why we're not financial advisors. But yet, you should bet with us. So anyway, bet of the weeks for week three, Austin. What you got? Um, I went with one that I think is probably going to be an easy one because it looks like Anthony Richardson's probably not going to play this week. Um, He's questionable for now. Uh, We'll see where they go with that. Um, But I like Ravens minus eight. I think even with Anthony Richardson, uh, the Ravens are going to win by more than eight. Uh, But Anthony Richardson may be not on track to play play this week. And I think... With the injuries he's had to end both games this past weeks, maybe you give him a week off and give him a break. It's not like they're trying to make the playoffs. Um, make sure he's 100%. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so I think that this is probably the easiest money you could make this week. All right. Note that, and we'll make that bet on Sunday. Uh, my bet of the week, uh, this is actually an interesting one. Uh, I like Tennessee Titans plus three and a half against the Browns. Okay. Uh, I just think this Tennessee Titans team, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you, they're, they're a gritty team. They're a team that no matter what they're what they may look like, no matter what injuries, they are going to play a close game. It is going to be a battle every single time. And if you're going into battle, I hear Nick Chubb would be a good one to have for that. But unfortunately, the Browns will not have him. I think that is the ultimate difference. Derrick Henry, 
has a really good game. Ryan Tannehill does enough to not make mistakes. And you know what? I'm not even saying, I'm, I mean, you could take three and a half. You could also take money line, in my opinion, too. Uh, so, winning. yeah, I'm going to go with Tennessee. But that's going to do it for this one. If you haven't already, go listen to College Football. It was an insane episode. But for now, that is Austin Hill. I'm Austin Waiter. We want to thank you for listening.